Hey guys, welcome back to Rabbit Hole Stories, and today we have kind of like a sad story that eventually turns into something great, Ian, and we had Rick on from Scotland, who was telling us how he basically was, or how he was stolen 25 Bitcoin from his wallet, or his and his dad's wallet, so it's a heartbreaking one, but we had a lot of good um, anecdotes and stories in there. Yeah, whenever I hear I lost 25 Bitcoin, I just cringe the pain of it oh my god but yeah it's a cautionary tale for sure but in it there's a lot of um education understanding security and uh, reflection and uh, it's a great episode i really loved it and uh, let's go straight in and speak to rick and stay curious guys welcome back everyone to another episode here at rabbit hole stories and today we're going to talk about some pain <laughs> We're going to talk about maybe losing some of your Bitcoin and what, how to deal with it, what to do with it. And uh, obviously we have a new and exciting guest and this is Rick who's coming in from Scotland. Rick, how has your day been so far? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, I was doing a little bit of joinery this afternoon. So uh, yeah, that's a good way to, to calm your mind actually is, uh, is to work with some wood, work with your hands. It helps. Mate, that sounds amazing. Like, I, I, I did... I had an intention of being a carpenter once and uh, it was uh, I was a laborer in a building site for a while and uh, I was always amazed by the sort of like this this carpenter who was on site he was passionate about what he did right and he's doing dovetail joints and things like that and all the other carpenters were taking the piss out of him because they were like just do this pull that screw there and he was like no no I really care about what I do and he was really meticulous about it and he said to me as well at the time it's like you know mindfulness and the skill that he respects so is that just a hobby for you then is it? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the funny thing, right? Back back when we still had our Bitcoin, um, you know, one of the things everyone talks about is is Bitcoin kind of stores your time and gives it back to you, right? Uh, and and that's right. what Bitcoin had done for me. So, you know, I, I I've I've been an entrepreneur most of my life, like run various companies and stuff. And honestly, I just thought uh, we had a business that unfortunately got completely destroyed by COVID. And I thought, do you know what? <laughs> do you know what? Uh, I've been trapped in my house for too long. You know, everyone has the same story. And my solution to this was actually, I'm pretty confident my, my Bitcoin, uh, stack is good. You know, I can, I'm going to, I'm going to take some of that time back now. You know, I'd been hodling for 10 years, not spending any Bitcoin. I thought it's time for a treat. That was a tough couple of years. So off I went for a woodworking course, uh, because I get a little bit weird, and obsessive about things. So I really wanted to make the most high-end furniture with these, you know, complicated Japanese joinery with no glue. And right, yeah, yes. 20,000 hours of YouTube videos about woodworking later. I, I'd gone down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. I'd now found the, the woodworking rabbit hole. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like some sort of crazy early retirement, but you know, I did also have ambitions <laughs> to maybe sell some of it. And uh, I did have an idea for a name of the business. It was going to be Proof of Woodwork. Oh, it was going to be nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was going to be, you know, I was going to sell stuff like tables for sats. Um, but now, I mean, uh, yeah, my, my skills are still pretty rough. So yeah, gonna take a left turn back into, to, you know, my more into my background, like marketing sales, that sort of thing. But yeah, that, that's the woodworking. Yeah. Do you know what? Loads of things have popped up in my, in my mind. There's topics here. One is uh, time preference, right? Um, how, uh, having value, um, gives you more 
sort of a, uh, it adjusts your time preference where you can sort of uh, think about different things and come up with different incentives and, and uh, things like that and not be on this constant rat race because of the constant devaluation of money. Also, um, proof of work comes up for me in that as well and uh, value for value, right? And, and, and this sort of like precision that you're sort of trying to perfect uh, your skill base and all that sort of stuff. So I can, as a Bitcoin, if you're a Bitcoin, a lens, when the, when people start talking to me about everyday things, I start to sort of like see things through this different perspective. And I don't know, uh, it seems like from what you were saying, uh, 10 years you've been holding, you were holding Bitcoin. And I don't know whether in that 10 years, your mindset has changed in, in any way. And if so, what has that been like for you as a journey? Absolutely. Like, um, I mean, Bitcoin changes you absolutely, right? I can tell you after a decade, you know, yeah, it's a total, it, it's hard to even sort of describe it sometimes, but, you know, I'll take the woodwork as an example. You know, I just found this huge passion for things that were handmade with skill, you know, rather than, um, you know, you go buy some Ikea furniture, it does the job, it's nice and cheap, it arrives in the post the next day, but it's it's crap, it's balsa wood covered with some crappy veneer, right? And it falls apart and there's no joy in it and there's no art artistry in it and there's no real beauty in it. And um, oh man, I mean, my, my missus, right, she's into yoga um and i i can't remember the name of these things but i was going to make her like a big giant hexagon in the garden you know and, and aim it at the sun so she could you know at a certain time of day do a <laughs> downward right, dog right. or whatever it is she does and i you know just yeah like and spend forever on it like if it takes me two years to build this but it's going to be epic so yeah i think i think we might have the mind, same mindset on that sort of thing yeah and i think this is a common thing along the uh, uh bitcoin community as a whole uh, we do tend to uh, focus a lot on stuff we're interested in. Um, I would say a critic point is we sometimes also tend to, you know, ignore certain things. Like, for example, this whole ETF thing. I've read countless articles which were factually just wrong, how they explained how ETFs work. So, and I know it's like TradFi and we're, they're the bad guys and things. But, you know, sometimes you have these, uh, we're a bit too hyper, I guess. But um, what you describe, I think, is something a lot of people have. But... Without going too far down the um, the woodworking rabbit hole, what is your actual Bitcoin rabbit hole, Rick? How did you discover it and why did you stay around? Well, I mean, you know, through, like like most people, it's a combination of luck and, and um, well, I say luck, you know, it, it all stems with my dad, really. So ever since I was, you know, five feet tall, uh, he was drilling it into me that the central banks are a total scam uh that fractional reserve banking is the is the biggest crime ever perpetuated on humanity you know he explained he explained the whole thing and this is this is pre bitcoin right so he you know he he was well aware of all this bullshit and the other thing is uh, he's also a developer. So he's been a developer for 50 odd years. Um, you know, he started with 360 Assembler and he still makes stuff now with like Node.js and Docker. Like he's a very capable uh, guy. Um, so, and, and then I went off to uni and did, uh, you know, a bit of economics inside of a business degree and stuff. And, you know, all, all of that sort of coalesced into Bitcoin just kind of landed right in our Venn diagram of random interests. And, and, and that's pure chance. And, um, 
pure chance that he stumbled across it. But I, man, my dad's a funny guy, right? He's involved in some weird forums and, you know, like he's that kind of guy. So, you know, he stumbles across this thing. And then, uh, oh man, the next few months are just a whirlwind. Like I had a normal job at uni, but every night coming home, spending hours on the phone with him, just talking about Bitcoin, like just holy shit that what this thing's mental in fact most of the time we were trying to figure out how it must be total nonsense like you can't just put money on the internet this this, there has to be some fatal flaw in it or some 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 scam that we haven't seen and the longer we tried to I, I guess break it or figure out why it, it, it couldn't work. We just never came up with a credible answer, so it didn't take us long to to start buying it and messing around with it and, and getting excited by it. Really, that's what the rabbit hole is all about, right? You, you first meet it with a little bit of skepticism, or um, or oh, this is too good to be true, or Satoshi Nakamoto just like released it and. Like there's no sort of like self interest as such, uh, in in his sort of um, discovery of it, as some people call it. And uh, once you sort of really sort of look into it and and dip your head in a little bit more and sort of like investigate, that's when all these things start to open up, right? Like okay, I'm just going to constantly try and sort of uh, initially I, for me, I can only speak personally, try to sort of find that scam in it that i think that might be or you know start questioning the things that like uh oh i hear that's bad for the environment and then you start looking into that sort of avenue you start to hear all these different things and you're just constantly questioning it right and um what was that kind of click moment for you what what was the light bulb moment for you that was like ah, actually now i understand that it's it's something special I mean, the the funny thing is, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would say there was ever one big penny drop moment. It's it. It was more like a series of penny drops. Some some bigger than the others. Um, you know, I mean, like most people, our understanding developed. You know, along the on, along the journey, we 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 really benefited from the fact that Bitcoin was the only game in town for a while. So you know we didn't get distracted with all the altcoins and the nonsense because we were figuring out bitcoin before say even ethereum showed up um the funny story about that is we never ended up shitcoining because we understood bitcoin well enough before the shit co coins came along that when we saw like well hang on a minute vitalik is is raising money for this and he's like a, a central figure like this is this isn't the same i don't know what that is you know this whole world computer thing you know i thought well maybe he's figured out some some other crazy thing that i, I i'm yet to understand but i intimately just didn't trust it sort of sort of straight away um so yeah i i guess and the, the foundation of not trusting central banks and my dad's sort of understanding of that it meant that we were hungry for a solution and and that hunger made you just go oh could it be true could it be true y you know and and the more you play with it the more you read about it the, the better you understand it right yeah absolutely and um you've got a bit of a cautionary tale to tell us and um when i first heard about your story 
I was gutted. I was like, okay. And what, what it did do is really sort of incentivize me just to sort of uh, double check. And it was a reminder to me, and I'm sure a lot of other people as well, to sort of really secure the, the, your wealth. Um, and I'm sure you, that's what your intention was. And uh, somehow that, that didn't happen. I'm just quite curious as to how that um, all evolved for you. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the worst thing about this story is that... Um, you know, with my dad being a developer and, you know, I'm not really a slouch with technology. I'm, I'm no developer. Right. And I'm, I'm not a galaxy brain Bitcoiner, like some of the people around, but we, we, we know better. So I'll sort of take you through the story from top to bottom of, of, of how the whole thing transpired. So way back when, you know, the only place you could really get uh, Bitcoin was Mount Gox. So that's where we went and that's where we bought our coins. Um, but luckily enough, we'd done enough homework to understand that the whole point, well, to us, the whole point of Bitcoin is that it's peer-to-peer, -peer, right? So using MTGOX to store the coins just seemed like, well, this is just a bank, really. So, you, you know, that, that having understood Bitcoin, it made perfect sense to us back then that you would look after it yourself. So so that's what we did. Um that, by the way, is what I would tell your listeners is like, okay, I lost the Bitcoin after 10 years or, or, you know, there was a hack and it was stolen from us. But don't forget that we did hold it for 10 years. The only reason that we made it 10 years was because we held it ourselves. You know, in, in that 10 year period, we saw Mount Gox blow up, you know, everyone knows about FTX and Celsius and Voyager. And I mean, the list genuinely is way longer than I think people realize of, of these centralized services that, that went pop. I mean, I, I've forgotten most of them. Um, so that's an important point. So we took our coins, we looked after them ourselves, and we managed to keep hold of them for 10 years. Um, the, the, the funny, well, I say funny, it's more tragic part of the story is that uh, just back in uh, November, me and my dad went off to the adopting Bitcoin conference over in El Salvador, right? Uh, because like most Bitcoiners, you know, I mean, 10 years we've been talking about what would the world look like? on a bitcoin standard and now here we go we can go and have a live look for ourselves it's been a couple of years let's see what's going on in el salvador so you know and it's a bit celebratory as well like father son shared passion trip of a lifetime never been to central america i mean it was gonna be awesome right i mean especially you know the opportunity to travel with your dad while he's still like fit and healthy and can get about these are you know you're trying to make these memories right um so off so off we go to el salvador uh we went to the conference for three days and um me and my dad are actually we've been kicking around a, a bitcoin lightning app that we've been playing with for for a few well for a few years we've been talking about it but but we've been building it recently so we come back from the conference on the third day and we're buzzing right because of all the talks and all this and so we want to get straight back onto working on the app in our little airbnb at which point my dad opens his laptop because he wants to fund uh, a lightning channel uh right for for something that we want to test and uh yeah i mean that's when the rabbit hole uh <laughs> there we go just a little pun for you but there's where the <laughs> rabbit hole just opened wide and and sucked us down into it I mean, uh, so I look over at my dad, he says just uh, one word, he just said, fuck. 
And I just said, and I said, you know, uh, what? I think he might like stubbed his toe or like something stupid. And then he says, I've been hacked. And just, I, I can't really describe, yeah, the next few moments. It's like pure adrenaline, cortisol. Uh, <clears throat> kind of feels almost like, almost like you've had an enormous dose of caffeine. You can't, you're not fully in control of yourself. You're shaking a bit and stuff like that. Um, okay, so then, you know, we we start bargaining with ourselves. My dad's recently changed uh, laptops and stuff like that. And, and he remembers that he moved some files around, reorganized some stuff. So hang on, hang on. Are we looking at the right wallets, right? Because they're reading zero. There's no Bitcoin there uh, when there should have been 25, which is, you know, today, like a million bucks worth. I mean, I mean, who gives a shit about dollar value, right? But to, to put it in, in <laughs> to give it some sort of scale for people, uh yeah so then we start the bargaining and we're like oh you know it must be somewhere else it must be somewhere else at which point my brain is slowed down sufficiently for me to go hang on send me the transaction ids of this bitcoin moving right um which he fires over to me and then i'm on mempool space and that's when the hammer blow comes down because i'm seeing all these transactions for various amounts of bitcoin and and then it just sprays and you know gets chopped up and and sprayed everywhere and that's when you know oh holy shit that's definitely not us um and we definitely don't control that that bitcoin anymore uh so that was the sort of discovery story um yeah and then we're in el salvador for you know the remainder of the trip like another 10 days um you know and we're trying to wow oh then i tweet about it right and like this is the funny thing is like i'm not really like an influencer social media type guy um that seems to have abruptly changed but there we go um <laughs> so you know i put it out on twitter not really sure I don't know why I did it, to be honest, but that went crazy. So that goes, that post goes viral. Um, and my phone is just overheating with all the notifications. And that's, oh man, <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know how to describe it. One day you, you've lost all your money. The next day you're going viral on Twitter. And, and it was intense, really intense, uh, especially for two Irish guys sitting in a jungle at 42 degree heat. Like we're not built for that. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty wild. <laughs> Where to start is another question. Cause I think looking from it or hearing from it from the outside, Rick, it sounds like you mainly had it on a, a desktop native wallet. So like Electrum or a Sparrow or whatever. And you didn't, did you actually secure it with like anything close to like a multi-sig setup or, or, or if you want to disclose obviously the information? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bitcoin's gone now, right? So <laughs> we may as well talk about it. So um, look, basically it wasn't multi-sig and I mean, we would use hardware wallets whenever we wanted to send transactions and stuff like that, which by the way is a sensible move. Um, but, you know, as everyone knows, you need to store your recovery seeds, right? Now, the way we stored our recovery seeds was in a password manager. Now, the password manager was not like a centralized service like LastPass. It was like an open source, self-hosted self version. Uh, and the one we used is called KeePass. Um, and KeePass is like really well-respected open source software. There's 
you know, I should be clear, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that software. It's a, it's a great product. But we decided to store our seeds inside a KeePass file. Now, the KeePass file was encrypted uh, with a password that only existed in uh, mine and my dad's brains, right? So not written down anywhere, uh, you know, wouldn't speak out loud, that sort of thing. Um, and crucially, also, you know, it's one thing storing your seeds in an encrypted key pass file. You, you've then obviously we went on to the next step, which is, well, we need to back this up uh, because if the computer gets corrupted or whatever. And to mistake number two, which is, uh, yeah, we backed that up to the cloud, right? Thinking, you know, incorrectly, well, you know, the file's encrypted. So if the cloud gets compromised, you know, an encrypted file should be hard to break. We should be fine. I mean, you know, it's at this point, it's worth mentioning there's, there's, there's a few mistakes sitting in this setup that people should be aware of. Like number one, keeping your seed on a daily drive, a laptop or any device that ever connects to the internet is a really, really bad idea. Like even, even if you're going to encrypt it and all this sort of stuff, I mean, look, I know there's guys out there that are like, turbo good at security and keep their seeds on their phone like i've heard of that believe it or not and i'm sure those capable people can explore those options but for the rest of us mere mortals do not put your seed on a device that ever connects to the internet and even worse on a daily driver laptop right the second big mistake is uh keeping it it you know backed up to the cloud because all of a sudden you've you've taken this peer-to-peer -peer money and you've essentially put the keys with a with a, a centralized service you know that the irony of that ridiculous decision is not lost on on us um so this begs the question though all right so you know how how the hell did they get in how did they get the seed how did they get into the encrypted file so i mean we're working on on best theories more than absolute certainty on this sort of stuff but you know, we've been working with the police and, and a few other agencies that are trying to help us figure all this out. Um, and what we learned in that was that, number one, uh, our KYC details were obtained during the Mount Gox hack back in, I want to say, was that 2014 or some, something like that? But, you know, a long time ago, Mount Gox got hacked. And I mean, the funny thing is, at the time, we're thinking, well, great, because we never stored our coins there. But it never really crossed our minds that, yeah, but they've got all our customer information, which will have been gobbled up in this hack as well. So again, I can't prove this. But what we know is that they knew our names, they knew our wallet addresses that we withdrew the Bitcoin to, they also knew the amounts of Bitcoin that we'd been buying at Mt. Gox. And, you know, eventually, we will have done UTXO management. So we will have put some other Bitcoin together with it and stuff like this. So the chances are they had our name, uh, which is quite a unique uh, name. Uh, you know, my second name's Messit, right? There's not many Messits about. Um, so, and, you know, my dad's email address as well that would have secured his uh, OneDrive account. He's a developer who's like active, you know, and chats to people and, and this sort of thing. And it wouldn't have been overly difficult to, to find out uh, his full name and, and then work out his email address. So at this point, I guess 
what what we learned from this is that KYC is a is a problem. Um, you know, if your details get out there, it's 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 fairly easy to track people on chain and then figure out how much they've got and this sort of thing. And there are people capable of doing that. Um, we think this KYC led them to target us specifically. Um, I can't prove that, but the alternative story would have to be that this hacker just won the lottery and got into, you know, 25 Bitcoin on pure chance. I, I don't know if I, I think that's that plausible, but who knows? Um, so, all right, let's get to how the hell did they get into the OneDrive account and, and subsequently into the uh, KeyPass file? Well, and this is the thing we'll kick ourselves forever about is that those passwords were just nowhere near strong enough. Um, you know, we're talking like 11 characters, uh, no special characters, which is crazy, um, you know, and I, I I don't know a lot about entropy, but I've typed that password into entropy calculators and they're telling me like it's 30 bits of entropy, which is laughably laughably low right um so my current leading theory is it's quite likely that i think they brute forced their way in through both passwords um you know again i i'm no expert in this but through a bit of googling you know from what i can gather there are people who might be able to hack this in hours if not weeks or months so for for the kind of money on offer i guess it was worth it rick I, I just tried to put myself in your shoes and your dad when that moment of realization first hit you, right? You just sort of that shock, that sort of like everything must have been in slow motion. And then when the realization started to kick in, that must have been difficult. And it certainly ruined, no doubt, your trip to uh, adopting Bitcoin and all that sort of stuff. And um, I guess when you were saying that you've never been on social media much and you've never really sort of been that social in that regard, I guess now that you are more prominent in that regard, that it's, I want, I'm, I'm hesitating to say it's a silver lining in the sense that you, you, you bring into the space, the cautionary tale, right? You're, you're the person that can now sort of help us to truly understand how important it is that we need to look after our Bitcoin and you seem to have uh, been very knowledgeable. You still are um, at, at protecting those things. And despite that, that still happened. So, you know, it, it, it causes people to sort of just double check if everything's in order, listen to what it is that you've just said uh, and, and how you've explained it and to sort of like take action, I suppose. And I don't know if that is uh, a right perception of mine um, or you see it differently. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, I'll make no bones about it. You know, like that was a significant financial blow. Um, so, you know, I'm actively looking uh, to, you know, restart my career and stuff because I love the woodworking, right? But like, you couldn't have me come to your house and fit a door. So that's not that's not an immediate path to, to some to some uh, work. So, you know, and, and hey, straight up, I'd love nothing more than to work in the Bitcoin space. It's been my ultimate obsession for a whole decade. Um, and hey, look, you know, I'll go back into the fiat mines if I if I must. But do you know what occurred to me with all this happening is is uh, it's crazy, man. Like we 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 knew better. We know about steel plates. We know all the options there. We just we just really got complacent. And there's this weird thing about like, well, it's been okay for ten years. So you just, I, I, it's hard. You know, 
yeah, it sounds really dumb, but you 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 just get you just get comfortable. Um, kind of, yeah, you know, it won't happen to me. I mean, the frustrating thing is you wouldn't believe how many people I've taught to to get a hardware wallet and stamp their seed on on metal and i'm telling everyone else to do it and not doing it myself you know if if me and my dad had even had one conversation about it in that time and you know got in and gone well what what is the password to that you know we you know we would have said whoa holy because it's worth so much now holy shit we need to we need to upgrade this um so yeah so so what i'm doing now is hey look you know Every man and his dog is, you know, making price predictions, trading groups, talking about God candles. And, you know, we're watching charts and everyone loves the macroeconomics, right? And I'm not dissing the macroeconomics of Bitcoin because it's fascinating. But one mistake that I made is I was spending way too long thinking about what the world might look in year 2100 living on a bitcoin standard and what i should have been doing is working on my opsec improving my skills and going deeper and deeper into the things that matter most and that is if you want to be your own bank it's coming it's coming with a shitload of responsibility and and you know you can listen to every macro podcast in the world and and pontificate about what these ETFs mean or what whatever but listen if you can't hold on to this stuff you're in big trouble and and it's so much more than a hardware wallet and a steel plate is what i've learned because you know our KYC details getting leaked that's a problem so you know I need to find non-KYC ways to buy corn. If I buy corn, uh, then I need to find, you know, I need to be adept at mixing it and using coin joins so I can at least break the trail of what I've been doing. Um, you know, I need to be looking at multi-sig setups. I need to be thinking about inheritance. What happens if I get hit by a bus? Um, you know, I need to be doing my coin control and UTXO management and all of this, I, I may, may need to think about making a honeypot in case anyone comes after me with a physical attack. And I go to a lot of meetups, I speak to a lot of Bitcoiners, and I'm telling you, like 90% of people just, they're not going far enough. You're not going deep enough. Like hardware wallet and steel is not enough. You're not sovereign at that point. You need to get your node. You need to do all this other stuff as well. Um so it was a sharp wake up call that I hadn't done enough work uh, and I'm uh, well, now I'm going to get on with the work and just kind of just tell people what I'm up to, you know, what I did, what the remedies are going to be and and hopefully wake a few people up before they feel uh, until they feel, you know, because trust me, those big green dildos really, really sore after you've lost your Bitcoin. So best avoided. <laughs> God. And I guess... Um... This proves a point which I think a lot of uh, the Bitcoin community actually forgets about. And, um, you know, we always, this is a personal belief now. I think a lot of Bitcoiners believe they're clever, they're much more clever than they really are. And they think so high of themselves because, you know, it's a circle jerk. We all tell each other that we're amazing. We all realized how, like, uh, um, fucked up the system is and all of these things. But then at the end of the day, we actually don't take their own words. And... In full-on transparency, I have lost Bitcoin as well because I, um, I've trusted people, you know, I've trusted them uh, 
not really with like my seats or anything, but in a similar fashion to you, Rick, where I basically deposited a wallet. Uh, it, is, it was a hardware wallet somewhere where people also had access to and it didn't really take long for them to you know find out the initial passphrase to that wallet and use those bitcoin luckily i was able to uh yeah, yeah so, someone knew so uh, they basically i was stupid enough to believe that it's safe enough um in an undisclosed location and just uh, some people knew about it um and I didn't go that extra step, but that's a valuable teaching lesson. Luckily, I was able to retract some of the Bitcoin back, so I wasn't completely lost. But, you know, these are the things which, like you said, you never ever think about these things. You never sit there and go like, I don't know, is this person going to fuck me over? Um, is our KYC data actually going to lead back to my dad to then lead back to this file? And, you know, all of these little things. Um, and, um, yeah, once you, I think, go through this, um, it's the same like if you send Bitcoin to the wrong address. If you do that once, you'll never do it again. And now you have, unfortunately, uh, paid the price for it. Um, or who knows? Who Maybe the hacker is a watcher of the show and he'll return 25 Bitcoin, but I'll doubt it for now. I very much doubt that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh... It's a painful lesson, but you, you know, I think most people, I, I do worry if, if I'm honest, I worry. I think based on my interactions with people, I'd say the vast majority of Bitcoiners aren't set up as good as they could be or, or could go deeper. Um, and, and, and I just want to reiterate that point. Like if you want sovereign money, you want to be a bank. Well, yeah, you got to be a bank, right. And you got to take on, on all that work that goes with it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, the other thought I have is like, I really want to, you know, the reason my dad got and I got into this at all was like, we're here to end the Federal Reserve. Like, we are really sick to the back teeth. Like, we hated it before Bitcoin. We still hate it now. And that's why we were Bitcoiners. And when I sit back and think about it, I think, damn, we're onboarding a lot of people and a lot of people are holding Bitcoin. And that's great. But if we're in a war against this fiat machine and you know all of us plebs are the are the foot soldiers man if you want to win a war you got to make sure that your infantry is like well trained and well equipped and they know what they're doing because at the moment it kind of feels like and i was one of them by the way i'm i'm a i'm a seven-year-old running around with a bazooka and it's not going to take long before I blow my own head off. So, you know, how, how do we get to a place where, you know, we're making more content to, to, to take people down, down these pathways? I mean, it's tricky, right? Because you'll see, let's talk, let's take coin joins, for example, right? You know, you think, right, I want to get into that. And then you see this huge war between Wasabi and the guys at Samurai. And you've got to, as, as someone who's not a cryptographer or a developer or anything like that, you're thinking, how do I pass this? How do I process where I think the, 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 the sort of truth lies? So, but, but but even saying that, you know, I, I think we I think we could do more to to help other people and you know, I, I'm not the one to teach people this, right? I'm not a cybersecurity expert, but I'm hoping I can rattle a few cages and make a few people think, do you know what? This is worth it. I'm going to spend an hour a week, two hours a week, whatever it is, just like, I don't know, take a course, sign up to something, you know, go and hire an expert because 
man, like if I want to, I like golf. If I want to improve my golf, I go and hire a coach and he teaches me golf. If I want to learn woodworking, guess what? Like I make a total mess when I'm on my own. If I'm stood next to a guy who knows what, what he's doing, he directs me down the right path. So maybe, maybe you're a super shadowy, super coder, you know, as private as Satoshi already. Or maybe if you've made some money and your stack is worth a little bit, invest some in keeping hold of it go and get some training go and find some sensei who who can yeah get you further down that pathway a couple of things come to mind uh rick when i'm listening to you speak is um i'm, I'm reflecting upon the ecosystem you like or, or bitcoiners as a whole and particularly if you look on x and other social networks whatever nostro and things there's a lot of big egos out there and uh i think some people lose sight of um, the hard work that needs to be done. And I'm wondering whether you've got any kind of thoughts or feelings about that and whether or not we need to do something better, different. Uh, is, do we need to have uh, more organization or serious conversations? Do we need to stop fucking jerking each other off or getting into these petty little arguments um, online and disagreements? Is there is there any sort of thoughts that you've had about what we could do better as a community or an ecosystem? Uh, well, you know, I don't want to be misunderstood either on the conflicts between sort of wasabi and samurai because I think that's just an inevitable part of this bleeding edge technology creative process yeah, right that has to happen mm. and and unless mm. these guys fight it out we won't get the solutions and and i think when you find those arguments sometimes you just realize you're out of your depth but give it time and, and answers will flush through that process and and someone smarter than me will will you know put that into layman's terms and i can understand it um I don't know, man. I mean, I, I kind of think like, what, what is it that makes people take action? Um, I think you got to make it cool. I think you got to make it cool to be a self-sovereign, badass, unfuckwithable person. Like hackers can't get me. The government can't get me. Like if you want it, come and fucking get it. Like, you know, cause we do a lot of talk about, well, you, like you said, right. Everyone's getting these big egos cause they were first and they understood it before the rest of the world. Right. Um, I get that, right? But what if what if we kind of cutely said, ah, nah, li listen, you want to be a real Bitcoiner unless you're running a node and this and that and the other. Yeah, you, you've not really made it. You're still a, a, a pre-coiner, right? Because until you've secured your Bitcoin, you're not a Bitcoiner because you've got some, but you very quickly might not have some. Um, yeah, it, it's tough, man. It's not, you know what it is? It's It's a societal thing as well, right? Like, I could go and watch a podcast about macroeconomics or someone telling me that Bitcoin's going to 250K next week. And to engage with that content, I can be completely passive, right? And just sit there sucking down the hopium and having a nice old time. If I go down this self-custody rabbit hole, all of a sudden it requires me to be active and put in that effort. And, you know, we kind of live in a world where consuming is the default. If I had the answer to change that, man, I would love to share it with the world. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe scary stories like mine is the way to say, hey, look, you're sitting on five Bitcoin and you can't wait to buy a yacht. Well, listen, you know, you'll struggle to buy a paddling pool unless you get this right. So sort it out. <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely, mate. And uh, thank you for sharing your your thoughts on that. And um, if anyone's listening, um, take this as a cautionary tale. And I hope you've learned something. And and uh, obviously look into your own sort of security and know that it's no joke, right? And uh, you know, even if you've got naught point naught whatever Bitcoin, you know, the value is there, and it's gonna you know grow uh, in terms of fiat. A value which you know I suppose is irrelevant but um yeah it's, it's no joke and I'm sure um where are you on socials and, and can people sort of get that sort of content online um and uh, is there any sort yeah of so I'm mainly just active on thing that you can oh. sorry Ian you're, you're a bit quiet so I didn't mean to cut you off there um no not, uh, not yeah on socials I'm just uh at our message um if you type in M-E-S-S-I-T-T, you'll find me. Um, and uh, yeah, at the moment, like I'm doing doing a little bit of writing and work for uh, the Bitcoin way. Um, I want to give them a shout out, actually, just because uh, those guys are, are like cybersecurity experts. And as soon as the hack happened, Tony was on the phone to me within, I don't know, about 12 hours. As soon as he heard, he gave us a call, you know, and he was helping us trying to like, figure it out and work our way through it and understand what happened. And, and we were very grateful for that. Um, and Hey, look, you know, one of the things I spoke about today is, you know, unless you're a cybersecurity expert now, you know, you can actually go to companies like the Bitcoin way and pay them to train you. And they don't want to, you can sign up without giving them your email address. You can use a fake email. You can be totally a non when you speak to them. They don't want to know how much Bitcoin you've got, but what they do want to do is just take you on a step-by-step journey to understanding this stuff, getting your own node set up and all this stuff. And, you know, look, you could spend, I mean, some people are going to want to spend hundreds of hours on YouTube figuring it out, but you might always be left not 100% sure if you've gone about it the right way. If you're if you're sitting on a lot of Bitcoin, you should really consider this because, you know, you, you want to get it secure before you become fabulously wealthy, right? Um, and and also, actually, look, on, on this point, i got to thank so many people as well that have sort of been so supportive. You know, the Bitcoin community is really unbelievable. Um, so the guys at Samurai Wallet, their research arm got out in, in, in touch with us very quickly. And man, they're sending me graphs tracking where all this Bitcoin went and how it's been mixed and flipped here and all this stuff. And um, oh man, without that support, we'd have just been adrift, lost, confused, and in more pain. And uh, I got to shout those guys out and and so many other people on Twitter. There's, there's, you know, most of them are anon. I have no idea who they were. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you got in touch, like, I can't express how appreciative we are. And even when I got back to the UK and started working with the police, you know, they want reports. What happened? Well, you know, the fact that th- this army of gigabrains had come to our aid and, and tried to tell us the story meant that, that 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 process was way less painful. So it's another reason I'm here, man. Like it's not, it's pretty embarrassing for me to talk about how I, uh, how we stored our seeds and how we got wrecked. But the Bitcoin community was so good to us that if I can save a few other plebs, it's just, it's just the right thing to do, man. So yeah. Yeah. And shout out to the Bitcoin way. We had Tony on our show recently and, um, I think we're going to put the link in the show notes now I've mentioned it and, you know, Tony was great at articulating what it is they do at the Bitcoin way. And he works with like Andy and Ahmed and, you know, they, they, they've got a great, 
great team there and obviously they can walk you through um, all these elements that we've been discussing today. And um, thank you for your time, uh, Rick. But before we round up our show, we like to do the All Roads Lead Back to Bitcoin Challenge where we ask our guests to see if they can link a word and or phrase back to Bitcoin somehow. And uh, the word that Joelle and I come up with today was woodchopper. How does woodchopper relate back to Bitcoin? Oh, wow. Woodchopper. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess there's some sort of link from from chopping wood to proof of work. Have you ever heard? uh, There's an old Chinese proverb that I really like, actually. uh, And it says, the man who chops the wood warms himself twice. Um, So, you know, I guess the meaning behind the proverb is, you know, the work that he does when he's chopping the wood for his fire also warms him up. So through the work he puts in, he gets some benefits. So wood chopping, proof of work. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the best i got i love it that's that's perfect and uh again thank you for your finite time and again to all our listeners thank you as well and uh stay curious